Dr. Doreen Grand is the Dr. Doreen is an expert in autism. Doreen Grand Dr. Grand Dr. Doreen Grand Dr. Doreen Grand is a visionary in the field of autism. Now you can ask her questions on Ask Dr. Doreen. Welcome back. To, it looks like it's still asked, Dr. Doreen. We were going to go to Autism Live, but we are having trouble connecting with Dr. Stephen Shore. Hopefully, he's going to be able to join us soon. So in the meantime, Dr. Grant Pichet agreed to come back and answer some of the questions that you guys had written in. Because this is the podcast-a-thon, and That's this right. is how we do it. We've got to keep we, going. We keep going no matter what. So I'm going to start with... Um, some of the questions that you guys had written in and saying congratulations to all the winners. Um, okay. Uh, well, a very specific question about what's a good way to get uh, my son's uh, iron levels up. Because uh, oh. one of the things that you talked about was that anxiety, if you can, you know, can be if you have too much of something or too little of something. I remember they put me on vitamin D. Mm-hmm. I, my vitamin D was so catastrophically low. Yeah. And I thought, well, that can't be causing my anxiety. Yeah. And yet it helped. Yeah. And you had also this uh, phase where you had a lot of vertigo. Do you remember? Oh, I totally remember. Yeah. And that's a, a very common one that really? causes anxiety. Any kind yeah. of dizziness. Yeah. Yeah. They're very correlated with each other. You know, I, I really recommend uh, functional medicine physicians, and they're everywhere. Yes. And you just have to find one because the functional medicine doctors will start with, and I know sometimes our kids, this in itself will cause anxiety, but they'll do a blood test. And from that, they will, because urine testing is not going to be able to give you everything, but uh, together that will give you a lot of information about any kind of deficiency. Iron is not that hard to replace. There are supplements, obviously. You would want to make sure that your child is able to take the supplements. Be careful with iron. Iron also causes constipation. So a lot of times when you take iron, it's together with a stool softener in the pill. So, you know, you can just supplement according to what your body needs, and that's super important. Yes, wonderful. Uh, They also wrote about transactions. transition anxiety when they're transitioning from one Definitely. thing to another. And I love the fact that some of the folks on here are talking about sensory experiences that yeah. help our kids. You know, as I was talking, kind of saying that one of the ways to get out of your head is just to feel the things that are around you and start to one by one go through your body and, and what it is experiencing. With our children, a lot of times it helps if they're doing things that involve smell Definitely. Smell is, in fact, one of those that a lot of people have found really, really affects uh, memory. Like, you know, smell is very closely associated to various experiences and memory. Like, it evokes In both both a good way and a bad way, In a good way and a bad way. So if you can uh, establish routines or experiences that are wonderful for your child and pair them with a particular smell, uh, that smell in the future will cause uh, comfort and happiness and will bring about some of the positive emotions that you paired. This is why we, a lot of us love candles mm-hmm. that smell like candy cane because of Disneyland, because of places where we were kids. We would go to those places, it was just heaven, and we paired it with that smell. I am not going to make a Gwyneth Paltrow joke. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Pamela Elmore says, this is so good. Thank you. Will the slides be available? I appreciate this information so much. And you had said we could. Uh, Absolutely. Of course, we will provide you all the slides. Okay. Uh, Joanne had written in while you were talking about some of the cognitive distortion and things of that nature and says this works with the higher functioning kids, which is kind of what you had been saying before, that if there is the level of understanding to be able to cognitively yes. look at it, that that's yes. absolutely true. And uh, she said, I know exactly what you're talking about, but my son has severe autism and is nonverbal. I've been attacked many times. Oh. Breathing does not work in that case. And no. Of course it doesn't. You're absolutely right. No. Because when you are still being attacked, yes. like that's trauma, and and so anxiety because of trauma, if it's still happening, yeah. is an entirely different kettle of fish. Now remember, anxiety is a feeling, right? Anxiety is a feeling, and as we said, it is usually a feeling of apprehension. In other words, something bad is going to happen in the future, right? What you're going through is trauma over and over and over. So 
you're you're essentially habituating your body to trauma and you're saying, oh, this is just going to be part of my life. It shouldn't. You need to really focus. There's no need to focus on the anxiety. Your anxiety is a normal response to what you're experiencing. You need to actually go in and try to figure out how you can gain support for the hitting. And remember, we're talking again about challenging behavior and every child will stop those challenging behaviors if they're given a different way to communicate whatever it is. So that's where your focus needs to be on doing a functional analysis of the hitting and, and getting help for that. I didn't take a second at the start of the show to say that we are going to be giving away another 10 gift cards in Great. this hour from Discovery Toys. Great. How you can make yourself eligible is by, uh, you know, on YouTube or on Twitter or on Facebook, write in a comment or a question, and uh, then you are eligible. Every time you write in a comment or a question, that is one ticket that goes in the hat. At the end of the hour, we will draw out 10 names. And you can only win one, though. So if you've already won, you can still comment in question, but your name won't go into the hat and you won't win. Uh, But be very happy that you've won a Discovery Toy gift card. We love Discovery Toys. They've been very generous generous with us for the podcast-a-thon. We won't be giving them away every hour, but, you know, every once in a while we'll pop up and go, this is an hour that we're going to be giving them away. It's super fun. I will say, though, that you can only use the gift cards on the USA Discovery Toys website. You'll get those instructions when I email the gift card to you. It's a virtual gift card. Um, They will not work on Amazon or in any store or on any uh, sites that are around the world, just the U.S. sites. So a wonderful thing. Now, Carrie wrote in and said, if an adult is showing signs of both anxiety and autism, what benefits are there for that adult to be evaluated? That's really good. What kind of treatments are available for adults? Great. It's a great Great. question. That's a fabulous uh, question because you just gave a perfect example of a situation where if the individual is suffering from both anxiety and autism, and let's say they've only been diagnosed with autism, they're very unlikely to be placed on an SSRI medication. It's possible, but unlikely. But if they're diagnosed with anxiety, they are going to be uh, offered a medication for anxiety, which, by the way, will definitely also affect the autism. Like, it will improve things for your child. And the other thing is they're not, no one's going to really focus on doing cognitive behavior therapy or even behavioral like uh, desensitization. No one's dealing with the anxiety. And the anxiety will continue to uh, evoke types of emotions and things that will make autism, the experience of autism, harder. Okay, amazing. Uh, so, it, so it's important to get the eval. Yes, absolutely, always. Uh, Joanne had written in and said that when we were talking about breathing and taking deep breaths, because uh, we've had this happen before where people have written in and said, you know, I have a, a, you know, a small child mm-hmm. who doesn't have mm-hmm. language teaching them how to breathe. Uh, she says, we tell them to smell the flower. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then blow out the candle while yes. demonstrating how to do it. I love that. I also love that in a lot of schools now where they're teaching meditation in the preschools, they have what they call breathing buddies. Yeah. And they will and they model this behavior too. They lay down on the mats with kids and they get to pick out which stuffed animal they want to be their buddy. And they put the stuffed animal on their belly. Oh. And then the the teacher says, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna make we're gonna um, take they say, they use the words, we're going to take a deep breath, but we're going to make the the thing go up and then we're going to push out the air and make it go down. That's right. And so then the kids focus on that and That's they'll right. go at the rate that the teacher teaches them. And then the pairing of now we're going to breathe in and we're going to breathe out, they learn, oh, that's what it is. Right. When you're blowing the air, it's the breathing out. So I love, I, it. Yeah, I love I remember, that. Joanne. I remember thinking that when we were all getting trained on CPR, the oh, yeah. CPR dummies are perfect for learning how to breathe in and out, there right? Because you, you can blow into them and they inflate. You know what I learned from watching, uh, I don't know whether it was Grey's Anatomy or the, the one that's right before it, um, but because uh, now they're teaching people for CPR mm-hmm. to sing the Bee Gees song, Staying Alive. Oh, yeah, that's the huh, beat. Huh, That's the beat. I didn't know that. I learned that. Yeah, my daughter taught me that when she got her Uh, EMT. Yes, that's amazing. Uh, Okay. Um, I want to go back. Yes, uh, we were talking about earmuffs, that they were really important. Joanne asked a really good question. Why is anxiety so prevalent right now, Dr. Doreen? 
Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I think there's several different reasons, honestly, Johnny. One is, of course, we all just, as a, as a, uh, the entire world just went through COVID. And a lot of uh, bad things happened during COVID, right? A lot of people were ill. A lot of people passed away. Uh, I mean, it was probably, I would say, the beginning of COVID was was one of the highest periods of anxiety globally, right? I mean, it was unbelievable, a pandemic, but it was kind of like, what is this? Yeah. And for those of you, those of us who li- have lived through other viruses, they were never as big as this, right? I mean, we've been through several Not in others. our lifetime. Not, not, in, our not lifetime. in our lifetime, right. So if you go back to the Spanish flu, it probably was. But in our lifetimes or in the last centuries, it, it has been a lot, it, you know, this was a global uh, anxiety-evoking event. And it, and it uh, lasted for a long time, and it therefore kind of generalized to other things, right? So now, if you think about it, if someone has uh, gotten chronically ill, they will always ask themselves, I wonder if it was from the vaccines that I got. Mm-hmm. Or, in fact, someone the other day, I said to someone, I hadn't thought, even thought about this, but someone, I was mentioning that autism has increased to 1 in 36, and they said, oh, is that because of COVID vaccine? Mm. And I said, actually, this is pre-vaccine. This is 2020, early 2020, right. so we'll just have to see what happens after this. But, you know, so that's a, another source of anxiety, which is always apprehension about the future. The other thing, of course, is, you know, you have a cough or someone out there coughs and everyone is immediately like, whoops, what's going on? You know, so like we've been taught to be hypersensitive. So and and COVID had multiple other things that happened. Obviously, people lost jobs, people lost money, people lost their homes. And of course, those types of conditions that are very real will cause also a lot of fear and anxiety. So that's also another part of what is happening but i think also over time overall like we talk about how anxiety is very correlated to serotonin right i mean every medication for anxiety is to regulate serotonin and our neurotransmitters are heavily impacted by the food we eat and you know i am a big big uh, believer that unfortunately our food source has become very toxic and it's not really providing the nutrition that it should anymore and Part of that is also that it is not regulating our neurotransmitters appropriately um, and causing all sorts of issues and illnesses. Anxiety is just one of them. And I don't know a single soul who isn't been, hasn't been experiencing some pretty big anxiety in the last couple of years. And people are managing it in different ways. But when I saw the definition that you gave, yeah. I was like, Everyone. It's everybody it's I know. Us. Everybody yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Amy wrote in and said, over the past year has been a tough time. Yeah. We are working on teaching my nonverbal 16-year-old how to communicate his feelings without being aggressive. Yeah. It's a lot. It's very, very hard. And especially when your child has hit 16 and it is, and they're nonverbal, they are prone to become frustrated, and when we are frustrated, uh, we tend to have challenging behaviors rather than express ourselves. I mean, think about us. We have language. We have very advanced language, and when we're frustrated, we tend to yell at each other, right? We yell. We People will cuss, like whatever. I get into it. I was just at a wedding, as you know, and there was like a fight. A fight broke. A physical fight. Oh, my fight. goodness. And you think you, to yourself... You left out the headline when I asked you how the wedding I know, was. I know, but I'm just like, you think to yourself like adults fighting? I mean, it's so... But that's what we do. We People do that when they're very frustrated. And so with our kids who don't even have the ability to express themselves adequately, it, it's just something that's... They're more prone to do that than to use words. I really, like, one of, I guess the message I want to get out there is that you should be getting help. There's, there's health, there's medical insurance that covers uh, ABA, and a lot of ABA folks will be able to help you with managing those challenging behaviors. This is one of those things that's really important. There are so many people in need of support and help, and behaviorists can really help when it comes to 
just making sure that your child learns a different way to communicate. And can I put in a word about respite here? You yes. talked about it earlier, but yes. if you have a 16-year-old that is having trouble communicating and engaging in challenging behavior to do that, then then can I please, please, please beg you to get as much respite care as you possibly can because you need it. You need yeah. to have time away where you can be who you are. Tomorrow at, I believe it's 4 o'clock, we're doing a special episode of Let's Talk Autism with Nancy Allspot-Jackson, and we have the filmmaker and the subject matter, uh, the, the star of the, uh, the documentary Beyond, mm-hmm. Tamara Mark. And I have to recommend this film to you because um, Tamara is a, a former dancer who had two boys. Both ended up being pretty impacted on the autism spectrum. And it is one of the most raw depictions of what it is like to be, to live in a home uh, with these two amazing souls right, right. who are struggling to be able to communicate it's and amazing. what they do and what this amazing, I mean, this woman needs to be nominated for sainthood because her, she she brings her dancer soul to their to her children and can communicate with her children. But it's a lot. It's a and and the movie is about the fact that it's a full time job for her. Absolutely. Um, and and in it, you know, she talks about I, I every once in a while I got to step away. But the planning that has to happen in order for her to step away is tremendous. Is tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. But it's worth it. It is yeah. worth it. It's important to do. What is it called again? It's called Beyond. Beyond. And it's a really beautiful feature length documentary um and, and is it I, available now or? It, it, it's in film festivals right now mm-hmm. but i can i can hook you up okay um and for all of you we'll ask um the the, the director tomorrow will tell us about when and how you can watch it they're doing showings different places Fabulous. um right now but it's it's really a beautiful oh. a very important film in yeah. my opinion absolutely um i hope that they're going to enter it in uh the academy awards uh now that we know how that works now yes we didn't know before how that worked and now we know how that <laughs> works um but anyway um but i really want to encourage you to be kind to yourself because that is a lot um to have first of all you always say and i said this about you before you're like the best person at perspective taking in the world and and if i like think if i try to think like you think right (laughs) that oh what would dr grand pichet do you know how often i i say that what would she what would she say um but i'm thinking about do you remember when you were 16 Yeah, and all the raging hormones that you had going on yeah. and you couldn't figure things out and it was like, yeah. why did everything just change? And if you yeah. didn't have a way of talking about that with anybody or writing about it or right. having, right. like I know people who would, would were like, they didn't know how to deal with those feelings so they ran. But, um, you know, I used to love the Waltons yeah. and in the original Walton movie, he journals and mm-hmm. it's in the original book, he journals about I'm 16 years old and my body is growing and I feel like maybe I'm going to explode explode yeah and it's very honest and raw about yep. what it feels like to be a 16 year old boy imagine if he didn't have that outlet to write yeah what that must journaling be like is a very like respected tool in therapy mm-hmm. but so for our kiddos who don't have communication it's so hard uh, and i don't know if mike so Kippel is still watching but mike can tell you that you know before he got his aac device and was able to type you know, he talks very eloquently about yeah. what that was like for him. And, and he's a huge proponent of making sure that they have devices so they can communicate. So he's a ball of frustration at 16 not being able to communicate. But yeah. that's hard for you to be there with. And you're going to need to take some time away. Yeah. And that doesn't make you a bad parent. That will actually make you a better parent if you give yourself some time and space to remember who you are aside from being your child's yeah, parent. It's so hard. Important. It's oh. so hard, right? But It really is. It's sending you a hug. Yeah, it's sending just very hug. difficult. Uh, 2008 RA Fix wants to know, uh, and I don't, I'm not familiar with this book. They want to know, what's your opinion yeah. of this book, Teach Me Language by Sabrina Freeman? Uh, they've been recommended the book to increase conversations, con- conversational speech in my nine-year-old son. And I'm not familiar with it. You know, I, I have this book and I remember having positive feelings about this okay. book, but I don't remember what in it I liked because I must have seen it a long time ago. Okay. So, But I have this book. So okay. if I keep a book, it's usually because I think it's good in okay. some way. All right. 
Well, not a ringing endorsement, but close. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, I want to acknowledge that so many of you have written in. Uh, Judy said, wow, can't say thank you enough how this in information is helping oh. so many lives. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And she says, we look up to you, Shannon and Dr. Doreen. I'm just, I'm just the, the, the person carrying the water. No. She's the messenger. <laughs> no, no. Um, uh, Lucy says, I love Autism Live. Thank you for covering important topics and CBT. Really wonderful. Amanda says, my son is on one uh, ML of Prozac. I don't know why I'm so scared to pull him off. Mm -hmm. After I do, uh, he will be 100% off the pharmaceutical meds. I... I'm having a hard time taking that final leap. We've been weaning off for seven months now. He's been on since 11, and he's 14 now. His doctor said I can take him off. It's just me. Well, right. bless your heart, Amanda. Well, I love that because you now give us an opportunity to practice some of the stuff we just <laughs> talked about. Because, Amanda, you're saying you have anxiety about taking him off. Can you tell us why? Can there you tell go. us what about that? thought gives you anxiety do you think he will fall apart as soon as you take him off mm -hmm. the one milligram let's figure out what the cognitive distortion is here there we go uh and, and sometimes just pulling it out into the light is, yeah. is really really helpful yeah um i don't like elevators and there was a time and a place when uh we were moving offices and we'd been in a building where, we, you know, we were working on the second floor. Mm -hmm. uh, and Dr. Grampiche came in and was so excited oh, and right. said, oh, we're moving to a new building. It? It's so great. And wait till you see. And, and you know, we're on the 18th floor. And I said, it's been lovely working with you. It's been <laughs> nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm out of here. I, I really, and I, I remember, and I meant I it sincerely. And do you like, recall oh. what you said to me next? I said, we'll do shaping or what did <laughs> I say? You said, well, we'll start the systematic, systematic, systematic desensitization yeah. on Monday. And the thought of having to get in an elevator and have her talk me down, I went and did it without you. Well, and you were, not only did you do that, but you later had some really good experiences in elevators that you brought to a class. Did and, I? Yes, which was where you got into the elevator. This was when you were talking about how people working together oh, should I get exactly to know each other. <laughs> and you started with this kind of comedy skit, which was my favorite thing in the world, where you went in and you said, you know, I get into an elevator and there's like 10 other people coming to my floor and we're all looking at each other and we're like, who's that? Who's this? And we yeah. don't know each other. And yes. like, yeah. Or having an in-depth conversation. Yeah. Uh, and Because there was one person that I was standing there and saying, how are your grandkids? Yeah. How, you know, did your, your grandson start kindergarten? I'm so glad. Yeah. And then she gets off the elevator and the other person goes, what's her name? And I said, I don't know. I've been here for three years. I have no idea what her name is. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. Well, that's, that's so me in the elevators. Um, but I don't miss that elevator at all. No, I don't either. We're on I the ground either. floor yeah. here. And yeah. it makes me very happy. I left New York. City because I swore I was not going to do elevators oh, again. I only did the oh. elevator for you. Um, Thank you. And that's <laughs> I only you did, succeeded because it was important to me. It's that value thing. Sure. You said you know sure. if you find a value that's really important to yep. you, is am I not going to do a show with Dr. Grampiche anymore? Am I going to get over the elevator thing? Some days were easier than other. Uh, can we say that? So Amanda has written in and says I think yeah. he'll fall apart completely. Yeah. Scared to see him off of it, but I know we have our diet and supplements in place as well uh and she said i did miss the presentation no because worries, i was Amanda. putting my kids to so sleep that's it's actually okay. awesome because you can go back and watch that the last hour because i talked about things that cause us anxiety and how our mind plays these tricks and this one is catastrophizing you are thinking that a catastrophe is about to happen and it's not it's just your mind being overly protective and thinking, oh my gosh, you've been weaning him off for seven months. So I think the last milligram is good. And also to think about this, if he has a little meltdown, you can always add the one milligram and take even more time. Yeah. There's no, catastrophes very, very rarely happen in real life. And a lot of times it's our belief system that is, is controlling those fears. 
Yeah, somebody said something to me once, because you know, I have a lot of anxiety. Even listening to you talk about anxiety, I don't know if you noticed, I was getting a little anxious. Yeah, there was uh, like part of you that was into it and part of you that was like, oh, Yeah, I was I like, oh, this even. is fascinating. It's me, oh, I don't know how happy I am to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Trayvon, I have to tell you that the battery on my iPad is dying, so I might have to switch it out or plug it in. I'll give you this one. Uh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, otherwise I will lose my questions and I don't want to. Uh, I, I, yeah. Yes, I... I know recently I went through a thing because it's that thing about moving the dial. We're about to, in, tw- in 25 minutes, we're going to have Dr. Temple Grandin with us. And there was a time and a place mm-hmm. where I was sitting in a restaurant with Dr. Grandin mm-hmm. and my son was there and we were having this conversation oh, yeah. and my son threw me under the bus <laughs> to Dr. Temple Grandin. And he, because uh, Temple was talking to him and, and saying, you know, what are you doing? What are you working on? Right, right. And, you know, what's your life? Lifelike and stuff, and they were having this conversation while they were eating spare ribs, and they were having a good time. That, like, I wish you'd been there because the conversation that they were having it was hilarious. I, it was hilarious, and they started. She started telling him about an article in a Business Weekly magazine that was about pairing wines with cat food. Oh my god! Different cat food dinners, oh my and they goodness. got the giggles. The two of them at the. I like. I wish there'd been cameras. It was the most fun to sit there and watch that. But then my son took a left turn and threw me under the bus to Dr. Granite. And he said, well, my life isn't very good because my mom won't let me go. We'd just come through an airport, an international airport, and I wouldn't let him go in the bathroom by himself in okay. the men's room. Okay. I made him go in the women's room, and there was a woman in there who had a minor cow oh my about it. And she was like, why is he in here? He's a teenager. He was like 11, but he was tall. And and, and I was like, you know, could you, you know, he's, what, you're in a stall. What are you yeah, so worried yeah. about, right? <sighs> But um, but then he says to Dr. she won't let me go to the men's room by myself. And and Dr. Grandin was like, that stops right now, right here. And, and she said, right now, I want you to get up and go to the men's room. And she gave him a couple of rules. And she said, do you know what you're doing? And he was like, yes. I love that. And, That's amazing. And, and she was like, and you're going to sit right here and you're going to deal with it. But one of the things that I at, at that time, I was doing ACT um, therapy and one of the things that they kept bringing up is that I have this value that I want to keep my son safe, but I have this other value that I want ah. him to live this amazing independent life. Right. And that the two go like this yes. sometimes. Yes, yes. And that I have to recognize and be aware of that yes. and say, okay, uh, you know, recently, my like I couldn't even have imagined this when my son was four or five, that he, after his finals, he went away on a ski trip um, to Big Bear yeah. with like five of his friends for yeah. three days before Christmas. Yeah. Someone sedate me. I was like, you're going to do what? Yeah. And of course I told you and you were like, oh, how fabulous. And yeah, I was like, fun. Did he have what a good time? are you talking about? Um, and he, and it was great and he had a great time and I, but I was, you know, eight yeah. feet off the floor with anxiety and then somebody said to me, but isn't the goal that someday you want him to call you and be like, oh, you know, today, hey, Mom, I'm, I'm, today I'm out with the guys. Today I'm in Brisbane and, and me sitting at lunch with somebody saying, oh, he's in Brisbane. And, and that gave me something else to picture. Yeah. And the only way you get there is by the, but you have to keep moving the goalposts. So, yeah. you know, amazing, Amanda, that you've recognized that you've done all the work and that now you're ha- now it's you. You're yeah. having the anxiety. Yeah. I think that's half the battle, right? It definitely is. And it's really all about, like, when, when Amanda goes back and looks at this, uh, the last presentation, yeah. it's, it's really, it changes your life when you have the ability to start analyzing your thoughts. And this is actually, it's very interesting, you know, something... Kobe said that I said to you later, I said he reminds me of someone else that we both know. And it's because of that. It's almost like he is um, analyzing his thoughts and what he wants to try to get through as he's saying it, which is what makes it very hard for him. And he was saying that, that it's like, I'm thinking as I'm speaking I experience that when I'm in like a different language, like a foreign language, because yeah. you have to pick your words, right? And you're not fluent. It doesn't just fall in place. So you yeah. kind of have to figure out, how am I expressing myself here? And you're also thinking. But that ability, which so many of our kids who have, let's say, 
you know, gone through years of ABA or cognitive behavior therapy or have gotten to that kind of very highest level uh, where they can actually analyze their thoughts, they, they just learn to be extremely aware individuals, like more so than the normal population. Yeah. I have that with oh, so many yeah. of my kids that they, like this is an example where Jim yeah. was, you guys were, he was much younger, oh, you yeah. know, and you were panicking or something. And he was like, mom, I think you need to calm down and take a few <laughs> deep breaths. But that's what I mean. Like the kids actually learn incredible like I don't know if you one of my kids as I'm writing this book um, and asking a lot of the kids who have gone through therapy to to kind of tell me their experience and so on I find these responses to be unbelievably deep yeah and just so self-aware it's incredible that they are just and that awareness of the self I think will help them with anxiety. This is what we yes. all need to be is like aware of how funny the reasons are for our anxiety. You know? Yeah, it's almost like, you know, when somebody takes the time to teach you perspective taking, yes. your understanding of yourself and other people is so Just much changes. more profound. And I think maybe there used to be more of that in the education system for neurotypical people mm-hmm. that isn't there anymore. No. That, you know, it's almost this crazy thing to me that when people talk about, well, you know that for individuals on the spectrum, part of their deficit is perspective taking. It's almost always coming out of the mouth of someone who is not bothering to take their perspective. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to yeah, go, that's true. I want to go, you know, that finger pointing thing about yeah, when you're pointing you one it. finger, the <laughs> other four are going to you. Check out where those four fingers are. Are. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of people have a hard time with perspective taking. A lot of people, a, a lot of very yeah. neurotypical, yep. grown people have a hard time with that. Absolutely, uh, Absolutely. amazing. I also want to acknowledge uh, our journey. Cameron's new life says, "I know if it was not for both of you, my son would not be where he is Aww. today." Very grateful. We're Thank sending you. you a Thank hug. Thank you. Absolutely, sending you a hug. Uh, Lucy says, "Can you provide more information on sensory therapy, uh, Temple Grand and?" mentioned this during a short video during the break. The sensory therapy was in addition to ABA uh, and OT. Also, would sensory therapy be a part of OT? What does sensory therapy consist of? I think, I mean, and I'm not sure because we weren't listening during the break. What I know which clip it is, though. Okay. Um, and is she speaking about sensory integration or... Well, there was a study that came out about, I don't know, eight years ago that talked about um, sensory integration Mm -hmm. therapy Mm -hmm. and how it could be very effective used in conjunction with ABA. And it was something that um, she was talking about a lot at that time. Then, as happens with all things, a bunch of people hung out a thing saying, I do sensory integration therapy, and they weren't. Yes. Um, And so Temple talks about it less, I think, only because, not that she doesn't support what the original study said, and I don't want to put words in her mouth, but there are a lot of people who say that they're doing sensory integration, and it's not what was the study was shown to be effective. That's very true. That is, that's, that's really very true, because I have observed a lot of occupational therapists, you know, and it's interesting, because in this part of the world, like, ABA is primary in general. Yes, yeah. In other parts of the world, occupational therapy is primary. Oh, India, yeah. A lot of the Middle East, it's all about OT. And some OT folks are trained in sensory integration. And let me just explain that, you know, we know very little about sensory integration. But what it is, is we're talking about sensory dysregulation to begin with. So individuals who will experience either too much of something or not enough of something. And I loved that Kobe was also talking almost, I use those words so often that it is about their, how they perceive the world, how the individual perceives the world. And, you know, I always talk about visual uh, input and how they see things, how they hear things. He was also adding 
uh, how you sense things on your skin yes. and textures and so on. And sometimes uh, it's funny because he was saying, I loved my conversation. If you can't tell, I've referred to Kobe like 10 <laughs> times today. Well, he was but so inspirational. He's awesome. And he was just talking. I mean, I, I feel like I learned the most when I have conversations with individuals like him. Yeah. Over all the years, I've learned the most from my adult kids because yeah. they just tell me so much. But, you know, one, like he, he was saying that when he was younger... He sometimes certain clothes would feel like uh, sandpaper on his skin, and that over time he got acclimated to it, and it doesn't doesn't feel that way anymore. That means that that particular sensory sensitivity gradually regulated itself, so that over time he no longer has that strong strong reaction. And that could happen with auditory, visual, you know, auditory integration therapy. Was the, the goal of it was to integrate sounds so that you are not just hearing those extreme sounds. Uh, with visual use of goggles and prisms, the goal of it is to integrate your vision in a way that you're not just seeing things in a particular way, yeah. but you're seeing them in the way the rest of us see things or receive that information. So, and sensory integration can, on certain individuals, that was my response to Kobe, was, uh, he, what was he saying? He was saying he hated the feeling of things that are uh, constraining. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's so interesting because some people need that yes. feeling in order to feel grounded. A lot of kids don't have a good a proprioceptive sense, which is like their own body in space. They feel they don't feel the the ground. They don't, you know, they, they feel they're lost. They're running yeah. around and all this sort of stuff. And weight actually will help them. And yes. and uh, they sleep better when they're weighted down. They, they have things that will help them feel uh, their body better. So it's both directions, right? So some kids feel one way, others have other sensory dysregulation, and these activities can, some of the activities that are in sensory therapy or sensory integration can upregulate you and others can downregulate you. So I find, for instance, if I have a child who is extremely hyper, there are certain activities where I can actually, like for instance, if I roll them in a blanket, if they're, they're tightly rolled up, it will help them downregulate and it will help them calm down. Uh, same as when you see children who really, really, I have a child right now who if he, he just missed about four or five days because he had a rash, he missed four or five days of swimming. And let me tell you, his behavior was black and white, so like completely different. And now we're back to swimming again and swimming has such a huge impact on regulating his senses. Um, other activities might upregulate you, for instance, playing with rice or beads or putting your hands inside those things. So, um, you know, a good occupational therapist who has been trained in sensory integration has a lot of these up their sleeve and they can kind of identify what your child needs and then they can uh, tell your ABA team or whoever is spending your classroom, et cetera, your teachers to actually put those sensory activities inside the child's schedule. We used to call it a sensory diet, and you would be doing these types of activities to help regulate the child over the day. Okay, a couple of quick things. Dr. Shore, I think, is going to try to Ooh, join great. now for these last 15 minutes, but I, there's a couple of things that I want to get to. R has written in and said, how do I get ABA therapy for my five-year-old who's currently getting early intervention therapy but will age out of the program when she starts school at six? Will the school bring in ABA therapists? I need to know, where are you? Are you in the United States? And if so, what state? Because it's very likely that your child shouldn't be aging out of, and you absolutely can be getting ABA, but if you'll write in, And also, we'll talk early about intervention that. is supposed to be kind of the same. Yeah. So there's no end at five or six for yeah. sure. And if your school doesn't provide it, your health insurance most likely will. And the ABA most likely, there are, there, there are a couple of exceptions of, of schools that have 
what is actually really ABA, but like I, I guarantee you it's not yeah. what your school has because it would be a world-famous ABA school. Yeah. And there's like, what, two, three of them? <laughs> it probably isn't your school. They're going to tell you that they're going to do ABA at the school, which means they're going to use some of the principles of ABA, but you're not going to get intensive ABA because that would be one-to-one. Well, and, and the next question, is it normal to have an IEP including intensive ABA? You can. You could have an IEP, in, uh, which gives you intensive ABA, but it is more likely that you will not. It's more likely that someone will tell you we're going to do 10 hours of ABA in the classroom, and if it's in the classroom and it's with multiple other kids, it's not really one-to-one ABA. So I would suggest that you approach outside health insurance as well as have your school provide ABA. You want it in all environments. And she's in Wisconsin, or they are in Wisconsin, and uh, they went on to say, okay, they, they told us that they only work at this facility That's until fine. age six, and I just lost my iPad. So then um, you basically, the the, so then basically what you would do is you will get health insurance. You'll talk to your insurance company. They will offer you providers of ABA. You will contact those folks and get started. And by the way, if they take too long, go back to your insurance because they're obligated to have contact with your child, usually within 30 days. Yes, there is a phrase that every time we talk about it on the air, people kind of lose their minds over it. But because so many people post-pandemic have been told, oh, you're on a waiting list and it's like a year later and they haven't started services. And you do need to call your insurance company and you need to say that this is a denial of access to care. I'm going to say that again slower a denial of access to care. And you will notice that they'll be like, hold on a minute, and suddenly you'll be talking to somebody else, and suddenly they'll be like, well, we might have to switch your provider and da-da-da-da-da-da, because it's illegal to charge you a premium and then say we don't have somebody. And by the way, this isn't just for autism. This is if you're having a pain in your hip and you've been referred to the specialist. This is for your mom who has Alzheimer's. This is the story across the board that people are being told, we don't have somebody for you to see for the next six months, well, then they have to pay for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, that's what health insurance is, not health sometimes when we have somebody here to take you. Yeah. And ask me how I really feel about all of that. Uh, Traven's going to let us know when we have um, Dr. Shore, and I'm going to continue on until then. Okay, he's here. We're just going to get him in. Let me talk a little bit about him. And you were saying before that this is somebody that, you know, you love and and respect and have for a long, long time. Um, Dr. Stephen Shore is a professor of special education at Adelphi University. Um, How lucky are those folks? uh, No kidding. Yeah, they're actually the reality. Yeah, it's awesome. And he is an outspoken advocate for uh, individuals, especially adults on the autism spectrum and for their rights and for their human and civil rights and speaks around the world on a regular basis doing that. Uh, He is the person who is credited with saying when you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. So uh, we welcome Dr. Shore to the program and are thrilled to have him here with us, if we in fact do. Uh, can I talk a little bit about his books till he comes in? He's got a bunch of different books. He's been a part of a lot of different research. Some of my favorite books of his include College for Students with Disabilities. Amazing. Um, Understanding Autism for Dummies. Love that one. <laughs> Living Along the Autism Spectrum, Beyond the Wall, and Ask and Tell, Self-Advocacy and Disclosure for People on the Autism Spectrum. Uh, what an amazing, amazing body of work that he has. Are we able to bring him in yet? Perhaps not. Um, I love um, to, Dr. Shore speaks all over the world, and I had said to him the other day that I'm so excited to have him here because he used to go uh, on a regular basis on a series of different places that he would go with Joanne Lara. They would often speak oh, yeah. together yeah. Um, and go to India and places like that. And so I always feel like um, I, I'm, I'm close to Joanne when I get a chance to speak to Dr. Shore. And he is the ultimate in, in from his personal experience, um, after being diagnosed with autism and his parents were given that never talk that Holly was talking about earlier with RJ. Well, you know, he's never going to do, because imagine, you know, what autism was like when Dr. Shore was diagnosed, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but his parents were given this, you know, very, oh, well, you know, and I I believe we'll ask him to to, uh, confirm, but I believe they said, you know, put him in an institution. 
Um, at which can I tell you that when the the woman who diagnosed my son, it was her first day of her retirement. She'd been working in the field for 50 years. Yeah. And she said, well, you should just consider yourself lucky because if this were the first day that I would have absolutely told you to put this child in an institution and walk away and never look oh, back. My child, you know, like I can't even, there's Dr. Shore. Um, but, you know, his parents didn't listen. And here we have this amazing individual. Dr. Shore, Welcome. We can we he can hear us, but I don't think we can hear him yet. Well, I'm going to keep saying nice things about him. Uh, he's also an accomplished musician. Yeah. Um, and um, that's right. That's right. He and, is. And someone who, you know, I just always feel like when he speaks, it's like he just cuts right through the crap and yeah. goes right to the heart of the matter about the fact that these are individuals and they have rights. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever met him in person? Yes. Yeah, he's very calming presence. Yes, the soul of soothing. Really lovely person. Yeah. I I just was after you said that I was thinking, oh, what must it be like to be a student in his classroom? I know how nice, right? Right. I mean, I would love uh, to be in his classroom. Well, and then next in a few minutes, in just a few minutes, we're going to have Dr. Temple Grandin. I know. And I've talked to people who have been in her classroom before. I don't. I don't know if you know this about Dr. Grandin. It's a. I'm sure I'm not supposed to say it. She's going to be mad if I say it. But um, <laughs> she, you know, she speaks internationally too, and she commands a pretty, you know, a nice price when she speaks. Yeah. Which she donates to her um, college programs so that no student that goes through is denied being able to be there and has money to be able to go. Isn't that not one of That's the most amazing. philanthropically That's lovely amazing. things ever on the face of the planet? Um, love absolutely love that. So what do we think? Do we, we've got like seven minutes left no, now. I almost feel like we should really just try to get Stephen back for another hour or another half hour yeah, somewhere maybe, because maybe we need it's to do too that. valuable of an interview yeah, to I do don't in wanna, seven minutes. I don't want to rush it. If we think we can do it, I, 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 I'm happy to give up some of my time too and interview him on one of my shows okay well and we've got time uh we especially have you know he could join us in the last hour he could oh be talking God, to us shaving. while while we're shaving my head i don't know Absolutely. if he has a class then but we'll talk to him about that uh if if he can't come in but i was dying to know what his thoughts were on the new cdc numbers and what that oh, feels yeah. like for him because it's been very right. interesting to me everybody's individual reaction to that mm-hmm. um that some people have said well it's just a number and our kids are our kids, and we trudge on, which is very stoic for mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a day of grief. Mm-hmm. I allowed myself one day where I felt, um, you know, it's that kind of feeling you have when you say to somebody, um, you know, this horrible, I see this horrible thing, I see this car accident about to happen, mm-hmm. and everybody goes, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. And then the car accident happens, and everybody goes, oh, wow, you really called that. Yeah. But it, there's no solace in that whatsoever that we've yeah. been saying for a while that the numbers are up. changing and that there are more. <sighs> I, I just ask people this. Do you know two people in your life that don't have a diagnosis that you think likely, children I'm talking Friends, children that people are like, nope, nope, no, we're not going to get the dog. Because I know at least two people. Yeah. And if we all know two people that don't have a diagnosis yet or it's are waiting the for the diagnosis, then the number the, the number is different than one all in 36. Uh, and I had a feeling that was similar to the beginning of COVID. Oh. Because I didn't know what it means. Oh. And it was the same. It was fear of like this global issue. Yeah. That why, where is this coming from? Mm. Why is this happening? And it was just the beginning. Remember, we had no idea what this means. And with autism, it's kind of like, I don't want to compare it to COVID because it's not, but it's a thing we know very little about despite billions of dollars of research, you know, and we just are completely taken over by it and, and still don't have a direct connection. Amazing. I'm looking to see, okay, I'm going to go ahead and announce the winners for this hour. Um, and I think, I guess, are we going to try to reconnect with Dr. Shore another time? I'm looking at Traven's face to see a yes or no. No, we couldn't, we couldn't hear him. Um, but um, that's all right. Um, will you give him our apologies and say I will contact him and we'll try to get him on another time? Because we've only got like three minutes now before Dr. Grandin. 
This, yep. this is me talking to my producer. Sorry. Good go television. Ahead. It's live. Uh, I do want to go over the winners of this hour's uh, Discovery Toys uh, gift certificates. These are all $25 gift certificates. Remember, once you've won one, you can't win again. Um, but, uh, so our winners in this hour are Amy Scott. Uh, no, no, I'm looking at the wrong ones. That was last hour. Excuse me. In this hour, it's Our Journey, Cameron's New Life. Woo! Sarah Celery, Kelsey Eddings, Jim Miller, Simone Coke, 2008 uh, RA Fix, Madeline Hahn, Matthew Asner is tuning in, Lou ZC, and R. You have won R. Have you seen the movie RRR? My favorite movie this year. Um, I, I had to say that. That came up. I'm so sorry, but we, we're going to try to get... Um, Dr. Shore back in a different hour. We're going to invite him to come the last hour, but we'll, we've got 44 hours. We'll find we've another got lots hour. Of options for yeah, him. We'll, yeah, we'll find a place where we can, ha- because he's too fabulous to not have. So Absolutely. our apologies to him. Uh, we thought we could make it work, but it, uh, we just need more time to make that work. But up next, we have the fabulous Dr. Temple Grandin. Amazing. And I'm so excited to be talking with her because, you know, her new book came out today. Yeah. Autism and Education, The Way I See It, or As I See It. No, I think it's As I See It. Sorry, Temple. Um, That's from Future Horizons, who is also the publisher of my book. We love Future Horizons. So we're really excited to talk with her about that. And you guys can be writing in your questions. We are going to continue the Discovery Toys giveaway in the next hour, and we will have 10 more gift certificates to give away. So that will be um, super fun. Uh, I I see a bunch of questions. Uh, Matt Asner said uh, that's a federal law, correct? But I don't know what you were referring to Um, about the the age of seven or aging out, Matt. I don't know if that's what you were referring to Uh, because we do have state laws and we have federal laws. We talked about that early this morning Mm -hmm. on the program that um, there are state mandates about when your services can happen and and they say sometimes things like, I think he was referring to access to care. Because we were talking about yes, that denial, of, some, access denial of access to care. Uh, but sure. that is federal. In both cases, it's yes. an appeal. Yes. So there we are. Uh, okay, I think you're absolutely right. All right. So uh, we're going to say goodbye to you because yes. you've been here a long, long time. And again, like, uh, at some point, I will have to say hello to Dr. Grandin. And I, ha- I met her in 19... 19- I want to say 79 or 80. Wow. Long, long time ago. So you were just a baby. I was through a mutual connection, uh, Cecilia Fabulich, which I'm sure she might know. I really thought your name was, you were going to say fabulous, and I was going to say her name is Cecilia Fabulous. She was fabulous. She is fabulous. Okay, there we have it. Uh, well, uh, greetings, and I hope you have a wonderful hour. I'm sure we will, because it's always a wonderful hour Absolutely. with Dr. Grandin. All right, we're going to sign off from this hour. Stick with us, though. We're going to be back with Dr. Temple Grandin right after these messages. Don't forget, you can watch Ask Dr. Doreen live every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time. We hope to see you there. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. At LensCrafters, we value expertly tailored eye care, provide state-of-the-art eye exams, offer a wide assortment of designer brands and high-quality lenses, because everything we do at LensCrafters is for every site that makes your life special. We offer 50% off lenses with frame purchase. Shop in-store and online. Book your annual eye exam now on LensCrafters.com. LensCrafters, because sight. Eye exams are available at the Independent Doctor of Optometry at or next to LensCrafters. Doctors in some states are employed by LensCrafters. Offer valid to April 2nd, 2023. See associate for details.